Welcome to In the Filmverse. My name is Bryce Payne. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And today we're going to be discussing Michael Schultz's 1975 film, Cooley High. Yeah, get a high five? Yeah, go me. Woo! <laughs> go you. That was like the fourth time. You wouldn't believe how much how many takes it's taken to get to the five-second intro. Also, happy Valentine's Day. I don't want to give a shit about that. <laughs> Bryce said the name right. Whoa! <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to be discussing Cooley High. As If you've watched our last episode, you'll know that we are discussing movies in the month of February that are black-led or black representation for Black History Month. And so far, we've talked about Malcolm X and, of course, Cooley High today. And then we're going to be uh, taking a little bit of segue after Cooley High to discuss why we love movies why we and what they them. mean to them. And what we what what we mean to them. Yeah, specifically. What they mean to us. Specifically, what we mean to them. Yeah. How important we are to the movies and why, without us, movies just cannot exist. That's... Bryce Butcher's one time. This is a whole thing now. Anyway, what we love about movies and what movies mean to us. Mm. I don't know how far we'll get into that because movies are subjective, but we're we're wanting to celebrate romance. And since we don't like romance films, I wouldn't say we don't like them. That's not what I delve into. I love romance films. Good romance films. I don't like Hallmark films. Before Before Sunrise. We like Before Sunrise. I know you haven't seen that, but I don't care. It's a good romance. You know what? I'll just agree with you. It's a great movie. It's a great trilogy. I haven't even seen the last one. I know it's a great trilogy. But uh, yeah, so. In the sake of moving on, I agree with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's getting a coolie high, okay? We're done with this. Uh, coolie high. Okay. Okay, so. so uh, I'm going to let you introduce this. You're going to let me introduce it? Man, we've been struggling with introducing this. We're not, we're not even going to edit this. This is it. This is it. When this he mistakes this happen, this is what's going out. Um, so Cooley High follows a group of high school friends who uh, decide to go out and enjoy their day in the, uh, I, w- I want to call it the ghetto, but I'm going to call it the ghetto. They're going out to enjoy their day in the ghetto and showing the true power of friendship and, you know, enjoying life. True power until they don't because the dude dies at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> just blew out eardrums because you made me laugh. Uh, it's not yeah. funny. It's really not. Actually, it's, it's really sad. Um, Murder is never funny. We don't condone it. Don't do it. No. Um, okay. So yeah, basically, just a group of friends having fun um, until the end when the dude dies, which is sad. Um, but throughout the film, there's a lot of fun moments. Um, I, I think that there's there's a couple standouts. There's yeah. uh, we'll, we'll put some examples here. So uh, first off, they play craps in a bathroom. They do, and it is so random. And just all I want to say is, if I ever went to the bathroom and there's just a group of guys sitting on the floor playing craps, I'd leave. Now was that that was at the school, right? That was at the school. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, it just it's so, it's so weird. The, t- and the teacher watch walks in and breaks them all up and tells them. And everyone class. just everyone just stands in the corner like, <gasps> what? And that teacher actually plays a pretty big role throughout the whole film. I think there was even a spot where he like tries to get them out of jail, um, which I do want to talk about a little, a little bit. Did you uh? What did you think of the actor for the teacher? That's why I wanted to talk about him. He's cool. <laughs> But he seemed a little young. And, he did. He looked. He looked like a child. And actually, in um, some of the trivia for that, the Warner Brothers, I think it was Warner. Brothers, I don't know. The studio didn't want to hire him because he looked too young. And then they were like, "Surprise! He's a real teacher." Surprise! 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 I almost said the F- jokes on you. He knows what he's talking surprise. about. Um, this film actually does it a lot, though, where it casts people that actually do what their characters do. They do. Um, actually, I like that. Yeah, like people that know he does like big brain oh, yeah, moment. Big brain <laughs> moment. Uh, in fact, um, Michael Schultz, which is the director of this film, um, wanted an authentic character for his gangster roles. So he actually um, went to the Chicago police and asked about if, if there's any gangsters. He, he okay, can do. okay, but imagine this. Imagine how baller you are. You're just like, 
I'm going into the I'm going to the police department. They're like walking, like, how can we help you, sir? I need to know where your gangsters no. are. Like, no, it's not even that. You know what's even more gangster than that is going to a studio and being like, I don't want real actors. Uh not real actors. I don't want. I yeah, I don't want any professionally trained actors. I want the gangsters on the street to be in these roles. Well, even the guy who played Preach that actually lived in like projects. Yeah. So he's just he's like, we're authentic. gonna have authentic authenticity. Um, so he, uh, as you were saying, he went to the police department. Yeah. Oh yeah, he went to the police department, and he basically asked the, you know, for if if they knew anybody that you know they might might work for these gangster roles, and and they went out and found the two roles, uh, which was uh, Norman Gibson and Sherman Smith, who were actually real life gangsters, um, in in the area, and then they ended up hiring him for this role. And we talked about this in one of our takes. <laughs> one of our I'm takes. not even going to lie. It's been a struggle. Yeah. But uh, he me. showed up in a limo. He did. And was just like, hey, man. Get in. You want to be in this movie? Read the script. <laughs> Make a movie. <laughs> and then they uh, they got hired for the roles. They did. And then um, tragedy ensued. Tragedy and also some, some good stuff. Uh, Gibson. Mainly tragedy because tragedy outdoes the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, Norman Gibson, uh, he perished a year later after the film was released. Um, I think it was a sh- sh- killing uh, involved in like um, they were basically doing a, a, a dice game. Like, and then he just oh, he was playing craps and got shot. Yeah, that is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I I want to make a joke, but I'm also like, that's in bad taste. No, <laughs> no. Um, and then the other guy, gentleman uh, Smith, he did get arrested for um, what did he do? He for armed robbery just rob, rob something um and then but he he got uh, rehabilitated by a friend uh jackie taylor who was actually on the on the cast list of this um and then ended up um making a recovery and uh, recovery from just you know not doing more crime. hood yeah not being more crime and uh ended up uh doing a lot more acting roles so uh we it's good for him that's actually really cool you, yeah. just get, you come and get acting roles because you were just found by a police department yeah imagine being a gangster and just being like yo so you're gonna act well out. i mean they kind of did that with uh the godfather where really? one of the one of the guys was actually a mafia member that was sent by the mafia to watch the production of the movie and the director like francis Ford Coppola, was just like get in there you want to be in a movie <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so i mean that's I, I love when movies do that kind of thing but uh we spoke about the craps game there's also a scene where they mug a prostitute. I love this scene, um, <laughs> specifically because how witty the banter is. They basically go up to him and like, because I think they had gotten like a cop badge from earlier, or it was like it wasn't even a cop badge. It was like a like it, it was, was like, like a, a park pret- ranger. Or yeah, something it wasn't like even like a real thing. And they just flash it, and they were like, "Ah, damn it, the I cop- know. <laughs> and uh, exactly like you know what? You give us your. He's like, I can be bribed, and like, you give me your money, and then we won't take you to jail. And she's <laughs> just like, God dang it, I can't go to jail again. And like gives him the money, and then they're like, thanks, and leave. Uh, it was so funny. But they uh, they steal a Cadillac. They go yeah. joyriding, which is actually a really fun scene. They're, like, driving through the thing, just laughing, having a ball, running away from the cops. Yeah, it was and actually kind of fun. It's enjoyable, yeah, until they get picked up. Yeah, well, see, they didn't get picked up at the time. They like It was later in the film. It was later, but they, they still, they still got picked up. When they were in school. Yeah, it was they when they do, in school. Yeah, they do, yeah, they get there, and they're school. just like, what have you been up to, son? And they're like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And they're like, we know it was you. And then they all tell different stories. Yeah, nothing Nothing adds up. They didn't plan that out right. They didn't get their story straight. Nope. Number one is stealing a car. Get your story straight. Uh, which Amateurs. En- exactly. <laughs> um, which ends up getting two of the dudes arrested. You get coaches and Preach end up getting released because the teacher comes in and is like, they're good students, man. They're, they're like, They made a bad decision, but they're good students. And then the uh, the two gang members, who I do not know the character's name, yeah. they get arrested 
and then come back for revenge as one does. Because wouldn't you? Like, if your friend sold you out, yeah, yeah, you'd be like, bro, I thought we were cool. What the heck is schmeckin'? So they get uh they get they get out and they come after Preach and Cochise. Yeah. Which and... becomes very it's it's like kinda there's a funny scene where Preach is in a bathroom in the diner after they find him and this girl is just in there trying to do her thing and she's sitting there freaking out because he's in there because I mean obviously like you're in the middle of something you're interrupted like that is rude down your ankles and then just some dude barges in and he's like I can't I, people she's, like, me. she's like get out and he's like I can't he's like I can't I'm gonna die what's that what's that meme it's like I can't I can't take it off <laughs> it reminds me of but uh there's a, it's pretty comical it's one of the funnier moments of the film because then he's like they leave and he's like crying it out and she's like I can't let people see me like this and he's like bruh <laughs> but, well, you wanted me to leave now you don't like she's like turn around and he's like and he's like trying to take a look yeah and then he does and he's like whoa dude. <laughs> it was hilarious the film, the film has a lot of moments like that where it's just like it's inappropriate but it's funny inappropriate yeah it feels very much like they're kids no, which is surprising because the guy who plays Preach is 28 years old wow yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny so it's like Spike Lee and Malcolm X the guy don't age don't age don't age <laughs> But uh, no, the movie has some has a lot of good moments, and it shows what youth should have been like for kids of the era, and just how free spirited times should be for, yeah, for children. And you know, you get into mischief, but you know, such as growing up. But of course, you pay for uh, your mistakes. Yeah, sometimes not the right person. Right, as yeah. it pulls a Radio Raheem and Cochise gets murdered. Sad days. For it was a mis- it was an accident. Well, I mean, it wasn't, definitely meant to beat it wasn't him up. like you know they beat him up, but it wasn't like they were walking up like pop. Yeah, they were trying to pop him, but they definitely were trying to rough him up a little bit because even when he fell down, they were trying to kick him to get him, get him back up. And then you know, sadness happens when your friends die. And yeah, and then there was sadness. And preach kind of. You know what they did do did do though at the end of this film that I'm like, but why? But for why? Um, they. Did like a uh, montage of like this is where this character is now, and I'm like, but why would you do that? Because it's not a real story. I don't care. I mean, you know what that makes me remember? Huh? Every '80s film where it's like it plays a thing. And it's like dun dun, like the song. I don't think it was a song from Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. And like uh, it has like a, this person went on to do the winning the Grammy Prize or the win the Grammy or this guy went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, because it almost doesn't mean anything, it, right? It, like you're yeah. just like I didn't like they they just see they can say anything I'm like yeah okay but like, I feel like it's such like a normal thing for the era that this movie's ahead of its time because <laughs> oh, like there's so many films from the 80s where it's like it does a whole like montage at the end actually I think it was like a year ago a couple years ago where it became like a meme where it's like every every like coming of age 80s film is the same way mm-hmm. where it's just like da 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 went on to da 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 and then <laughs> as soon as like we we discussed this before like I said we've done multiple takes. And this is the first time I thought about that. I was like, damn, this happens a lot of movies, actually. Why is it, I mean, it like, happens. Uh, every... For instance, last month, House Party. They're like, yeah, we'll just do it again. And now, like, it's making me think, like, is this a lot of movies? It's fine when it's, like, based on a real story, but not. But, like, when they do it, when it's not based on a real story, the film, and they do it, it's like. They're just uh... trying to show you where the characters end up. It's like, uh... okay, so here's one that I don't know if you've seen Stand By Me, Stephen King. The movie adaption has like uh not where it's like the freeze frame and like the da 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 comes on to what, but the guy narrates and he's like, he went on to do this and you know we never really talked much after that and it's kind of narrating where they ended up. Yeah, and it works for that, but it doesn't work for like movies like Cooley High. 
I don't. It, it's to a certain extent where it's just like it just feels weird because it's just like, well, I know this isn't real, so like I didn't experience them. I did like it almost like because the way it ends is like you don't need you don't need anything after that, right? Like I don't I don't need <laughs> you, anything. you don't need the you don't need to know where the characters end up. You're like the story has been told. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, in certain movies, that that's part of the film is needed to make you feel better or to feel a certain way when you're leaving the theater. You know. It's effective when you know it's when it's happening. Uh, sort of, I just want to think about like Malcolm X, where like it talks about you know what he's just done at the end. It's like Malcolm X, da da da. Remember da. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm torn about how I feel about the ending because it didn't really bother me, but now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, I think you have a point. I just don't like it that much. It just feels weird to me, off to me. No, I will say that I talked to a coworker about this movie. And he said that he grew up on this movie and he really liked it. So I wonder if this is like a staple for a lot of people's like childhood. Certain generations are Could like, be. man, I love Cooley High. But now it's like, what, or oh my God, like 45, 48 years later. 75, yeah. Somebody's dad. 25 to 23. So 48 years later. Yeah, long time. That's crazy. Dude, I still think the 80s are like 20 years ago. Same. <laughs> so it's just like you start doing the math and you're like, wow. Yeah, you're just like, wait, am I old? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a, I don't know. It's such an interesting staple for a lot of people's life. Um, I agree, but I also think that it's just, you know, just. Uh, it's just a film. An endearing. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a film. I feel like we should just say that for every single film we ever <laughs> It's just a film. Like, it's a good film. It's a good, bad film. It's just a film. Like, it's, it's just a, a watchable film. film. It's not something that I think is like breaking the mold of what it's trying to do. But it is very much of like a a good coming of age film you know, for the you time. You know, honestly, what it is though, it's like whenever you you watch a film, like you're always trying to think about how you're trying to like to explain how how like the viewing of this film is, and like you either have to say it's like the worst thing ever, it's like trying to get people to understand like you know how you're feeling, or it's like the best thing ever. Like no, it's not neither of those, but it's still like it's, an enjoyable a, experience. Yeah, it's an enjoyable film, but it's nothing that like obviously it's capped off by a rather sullen ending but i still think it was a it was a fun time to spend with these characters like these, these are really cool characters that and i it, would like rather to spend more short time with. yeah like it's not a bad watch it's, exactly it's just unlike ugh, i feel like it's such a bad follow-up for a film like malcolm x where like you can't really compare the two of them you can't be like well malcolm x is this and cooley high does this but it's like malcolm x is the superior film but cooley high still such a watchable film yeah uh, I yeah. should have I should have picked a better movie to go with Malcolm no, X. No, I mean it doesn't have to be. <laughs> should have been like Selma. Been like we're going with Malcolm <laughs> X to Martin Luther King. But instead, I was like, you know, coming of age film. Yeah, exactly. Coming of age besides you don't come of age because they just die. Now I will <laughs> say that I think you picked way heavier films than I did for this month. Honestly, the reason I picked picked the certain films that I did was mostly just because. Um, they were like iconic films that I haven't seen yet. No, I will say I do like three of the four movies that we picked for this month, which um, for those who don't know, you can go to my letterbox of pain reviews and I have a list of all the movies we picked. Yeah, exactly. But uh, three of them are based on true events. <laughs> huh? Oh, right. Yeah. Especially and then, the next one. Jesus Christ. and then Cooley high is just kind of there, but you know, it is, it is a very watchable film that I think a lot of people will enjoy. And it does have a lot of good moments. It's not really my cup of tea. It's not something where, like, I've seen it. It's not something where I'm like, yeah, I got to go watch it again. But it was something I enjoyed watching and experiencing. Yeah, it's not about it. It's definitely a, a entertaining time for an hour and a half, I think. 
But, uh, you know, moving on from Cooley High, go watch it. It's, it got, I think I gave it three out of five for me. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Valentine's Day, Mitchell, growing up, now obviously we do a movie podcast. Spider Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we do a we do a movie podcast, so obviously we have a lot of love for film. But Mitchell, what was your first? If you can remember, what was the first moment of your life where you were watching a movie and you were like, "Oh my god, this changed me." Spider Man. <laughs> no, uh, no, you I'm are kidding. you were older than me. I didn't watch Spider Man in theaters. I'm assuming, did you? Not Sp- not the first Spider Man. Um, specifically Spider Man three. Spider Man three. Yeah. Did you ever have a movie well, where you were a kid and you went to a theater with your parents and you were just like blown away by what you were watching? Um, it doesn't matter how corny it is. Remember, you're a child; they aren't going to take you to watch like the big movies. Typically, okay, not the, the big movies. The, the honestly, my biggest, specifically when I'm talking about theater experiences, my biggest ones are Spider-Man Three, um, Transformers, the first one, and um, the first. Um, how old were you when Spider-Man Three came out? Well, let's see. I was born in '97, and it was 2003, so six. Spider-Man Three came out in 2007. Oh, what came out in 2003? 2003 was. Who cares? You know what's terrible? The first thing came to my mind in 2003. I was like, I'm pretty sure Daredevil came out in 2003. Yeah, no, no, no. Spider-Man Three was 2007, so Spider-Man Two was 2002. Yeah, I would have been ten. Ten years old. Do you remember watching any movies at home that just blew you away? Like Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. That's such a good pick because I remember oh. I was in I was in second grade. I remember this vividly. Deadman's Chest. Is that the, that's the one with um, Davy Jones, Jones and you know, yeah. the 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 um I, I call it trio the trio sword fight with like, oh yeah, yeah Captain Norrington and Johnny and Jack Sparrow Those and Will so Turner. I remember watching that in second grade and ranting about it for people for like a year. I know I didn't used to watch. I, I used to when I was a kid. I read more than I watched TV movies for the longest time. So I never realized really like it never really hit me. So like I I've always watched movies, but I never noticed how much I liked movies until like recently growing up. Yeah, like it never really hit me. But there was like um for people wondering. I <laughs> grew up around movies. My dad and mom loved watching like Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I grew up on like the eighties. My sisters love musicals, so I had like Rent playing all the time. I remember a day we had like that, you know, the old style box TVs, the big ones. Oh, yeah. And I spent an entire day rewatching Deadman's Chest. <laughs> and my sisters got so mad. You just rewatched it on repeat? I, I, I finished it and just instantly restarted it. Oh, my gosh. And I did it for like an entire day. And my sister was like, Rice is like the fourth time. I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And. I remember, like, I just loved the way it was shot, like, the colors and, like, the, the intro scene with Elizabeth Swan at the wedding. And you had the rain hitting the teacups. And you see, like, the rain, like, the water filling the teacups and, like, the little dot, like, little splashes of the rain. And I just remember being a kid being like, I love this. I'm trying, there's so many specific, the more you, like, we would bring up our childhood, the more I start remembering films there's that like, really it, just started, start, like, sparked the, the interest. But honestly, why I love films at the capacity that I do today doesn't really start to, like, I want to say like twenty, what probably I don't know. I don't even really didn't even think about it, and this is to be honest, with you, I didn't even really think about it until twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, roughly. It's weird because like I started like around the same period as when I started going to theaters a lot and just being like more involved in films coming out. 
because here's here's the progression of events what happened like once uh i was in high school so i watched some films mostly just went to go see the superhero films the marvel films um well i even went to go see like all the all the dc films too i just i just like superheroes and so i would go see them um and then you know maybe some big action films here and there like a mission impossible film um it was like something that me, me and my friend would do just like you know we would go see like not it's every like weekend. the new the new marvel movie would be like let's go yeah exactly whenever there's anything that's, like... that's so much fun though i never had a friend to do that with yeah um and then so and then, you know i think that pop culture has become started become part of my like repertoire i started going to comic-con cosplay um and then just you know i love you know just started reading comics so obviously that started um my love for stuff but then um i started going to i had another friend that i would, would go to films with me um and we would try to go see as many of the the bigger films as we could um not we didn't we tried to go to and then we actually started trying to go to every release um, it wasn't like just like you want to go see 80 for brady it was no. like okay mission impossible it was a still a huge movie let's go watch it Okay, this is a huge movie. Let's go watch it, but you kind of skip out on the little yeah, ones. skip out on the little ones. Um, and then it was 2019. It was just like a huge year, just a lot of really good films. Dude, so many. Like I remember, that was when I started going to a lot of the movie releases and paying attention to the trailers. And I think it was like 1917. I was like, yo, I love that. I gotta watch that. Jojo Rabbit, Joker. And yeah, like, I just kept, <sighs> I just kept going back to films, just and mostly just because what 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 interested me, not because you know I just was like it wasn't just like movie. Yes, it was like wow, it looks really good. Yeah, I mean everything just everything just looks good to me because I didn't I don't really have much expectations for films like on what it should be or shouldn't be. So as long as it like looks sort of interesting to me, I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun, something fun to go do. Um, and especially because like movies are so exp- inexpensive to other forms of entertainment, I feel like. Yeah, it's you know especially if you're part of like a movie club or part of a program so like right. amc has their a list where it's like i think like 18 bucks a month or something like that i think it's you 30 have, but it, i can't it can't be 30 i mean we don't use any we see you know we don't have one near well, us that's good that's good that's the key. <laughs> um i think i tried to do it one time and i just i couldn't bring myself to drive all the way to that amc to sit in those like they don't have recliners no. at least the last time i went they don't have recliners well, and i was like i can't do it I could rant by amc all day but, but uh they have that program and it's like three movies a, a week yeah for free and that's a great program. So if you can do that, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money you save. But specifically... Or Regal Unlimited, where it's like 50 cents a ticket for $18 a month. The reason I got into film the way I do is mostly because of you. Um, and I'm sorry. Cool. I just go to everything. I had to, I do not care what it is. I'm just like, movie? No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's not because of that. It's because of, of when... Uh, the my, pa- my willingness? Well, no, I'm saying <laughs> when, the, when the pandemic happened, you know, it's like that really killed a lot of my... I mean, well, obviously, the movies theaters weren't open, so... It's hard. It, it it was. I don't want to say harder for you to watch movies. Yeah, but I know. But then I, you know, we would, I would come over to your house, um, and we would watch films. Um, Be- best picture boys. Best picture. But I even remember coming over and just us watching just other stuff. We too. just watched little cats. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, and then so that really kept my my love for film alive. And then coming back into this, it's really just been a um exploration of finding things well because i i used to, i found things that i would never have watched unless you showed me them. like i would never watch good a bunch of things like, like uh, one that i could just that comes whiplash actually that one that i never would have watched and now you love it one of my favorite films um, so or what i think is beautiful yeah we started watching movies together in theaters in 2020 back when theaters reopened yeah so three years almost i've seen 118 movies in theaters with you and like that's a lot of movies, especially yeah. considering that I, I keep a list on Letterboxd of every movie I've seen in theaters, along with every movie I've seen with Mitchell. I've seen three hundred and eight movies in theaters my entire life that I know of that I can recall. Yeah, 
118 of those with, is with you. That's almost half of my movies I've seen in theaters is with you. Jeez. And it's just, it's wonderful because I'm just like, this is going to sound terrible. I have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> I have a wife. And um, she likes going to movies, but I'm just like, she wouldn't go watch Monster Hunter with me. Monster Hunter is great. But Mitchell will go oh, watch yeah. Monster Hunter with me. It's oh, great for us. It was yeah. great for us. It's a bad movie, but it was great for us. Oh, or, that uh, Jeep, word, how many times it roll? <laughs> words on Bathroom Walls. Another thing, oh, I'm like, God, Jada, Jada won't watch that with me. Cried so much. There, there's just certain things I know that wouldn't interest her. Meanwhile, I can be like, Mitchell, you want to go watch that? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful to have a friend that can, that's willing to do that with you. Yeah. And going back to like, your love of cinema is beautiful. I think you need to delve more into older films, but I we're know. working on it. We're getting you there. Yeah. I'm slowly just like throwing in movies in my fifties and you're just like, I don't want to. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> but, uh, I can recall, I've actually talked with my family about this. Mm-hmm. They were like, you've always been interested in movies that were a little bit more, not your age growing up. Okay. And I was thinking about that. I was like, that can't be true. I watched the matrix when I was like five. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> Like, no clue, but I loved it. And I'd rewatch it annually just wow. because I was just amazed with what was happening. Yeah. And, like, the feeling of it. But uh, something I recall very vividly is watching movies that my family would watch without me. Things like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings when you're a kid is intimidating. I'm sure. That's three hours. And when you think of three hours as a kid, that's a lifetime. That's a long time <laughs> to sit there right. and watch a movie. You're like... You're like Oh man, I love Star Wars, but Star Wars is still like two hours long. But when you're a kid, you're just like laser swords, laser swords, lightsabers are cool. Yeah. But Lord of the Rings always intimidated me. So the first time I watched Lord of the Rings, I remember getting this feeling in my stomach like a pit, where I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna watch it. Finally, gonna get around to it. I'm brave enough to do it." And just that experience being so mind blowing, and just that oh, became an crazy. annual rewatch too. So I, every year I'd rewatch Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and The Matrix every year. You know what I used to do? I used to rewatch Marvel Cinematic Universe every year. I used to rewatch it every time a movie was coming out. Oh, sorry. That's what I used to do. <laughs> Not anymore. I don't there's know. so much. <laughs> no, there's and too many. The, the, I've also seen it too many times. The problem... Okay, so rewatching the MCU. I know MCU is a huge part of what got me in the movies. A, 2016 my, blew my mind with Civil War. But rewatching the MCU used to be so easy. And now it's like I've it's seen like Iron task. I've seen Iron Man so many times now I just don't want to rewatch it. I get like yeah. halfway through it and I'm just like I just don't care. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I think it's funny because like obviously I didn't have Letterboxd to keep track of how many times I've seen movies. Do so you ever think about how many times you've seen a movie? I have rewatched Iron Man four times in three years. I have no reason like you know how many times <laughs> Iron Man four times. I haven't seen Captain America four times. I haven't seen Thor four times, but I just keep rewatching Iron Man, getting through Iron Man and being like, I like that movie. And it's never continuing the MCU. The MCU, yeah. Like if I had a track of how many times I've seen Iron Man, it's probably like 20. Like I just, I just keep doing it. And I just, it's because every time I rewatch the MCU, you have to rewatch Iron Man. You know what it is <laughs> these days of why it's hard for me to rewatch films? Because like I start putting on a film and I'm like, oh, but there's so much I haven't there's watched. There's so much. And okay. So I own a lot of physical media. And I've come, I've stopped, I've slowed down. You know why? Oh, you have, yeah. I, I realize that I'm like, I buy all these new movies that I've already seen, but I'll never rewatch them because there's always something I haven't seen. I'd rather watch something I haven't seen versus something I have. Right. Like, I know for That's a fact, Joker's amazing. I've watched it in theaters. I bought it. I didn't rewatch it until Jada was like, I've never seen Joker. And I was like, it's a heavy it's a movie. But I owned it and just never rewatched it. It's just, 
It's hard. I, it's difficult. Yeah, the, see, here's the thing. There's, I have like a handful of movies that I like that I've seen over the past few years that I've wanted to watch again, but I've just I'm just so like I don't know. I just get guilt. I feel guilt whenever I want to watch it because I'm just like I have so many other films that like they're like you haven't seen that film and you're, you call yourself a movie person. Like, oh my God, you know what no. gets you know what people do that to me? What comedies? Oh, I'm sure. You, Especially yeah. Adam Sandler comedies, bro. I have so many people that are like, you've never seen uh, Happy Gilmore, and I'm like, no. No, I haven't. And they're just like, what? I'm like, I don't get comedy. You know, and that's such a weird thing. I feel like if you said that these days, like specifically with 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 like um, Adam Sandler, people would be like, eh, it's okay. Like if you said it like ten years ago, like he was such an icon. Yeah, and he just kind of fell like fell off being a comedy icon. uh, Uncut Gems, though. I mean, then he's coming back with the Safdie brothers for another film. But even even today, I can go to work and they'll be like, you've never seen this comedy. I don't get comedy. I don't like comedy. I don't think things are funny unless someone's there to tell me when something's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. And uh, it's a shame because like the things that I think are funny typically aren't funny to other people. Like triangle of sadness. I was about to say triangle of so sadness. so funny to me. No. <laughs> I know. But it's so funny to me. And I know it's just like Jada. Oh my God. We'll be watching a movie in theaters and I'll laugh at something. And she's like, Bryce, that's not funny. I'm like, it's funny to me. She's <laughs> like, you have messed up humor. I'm like, it's funny to me. I like how like trying to love sadness. I'm like, no, that's horrible. And you're like, what about the puke scene? I'm like, no, nah, it wasn't good. It's and so then one happens and you're just like, oh, that's funny to you. That... <laughs> and I was like, look, I don't know what to say. Like it was. <laughs> so I, here's a, here's a question about your love of cinema. Yeah. Do you think your family influenced it? Um. Yes. I mean, I think you yeah, got to a lot. I mean, more than more, so, more than my family, uh, specifically my babysitter. Um, because we would, um, as kids, we really just had, um, movies to, to keep us entertained. That's how she keep, kept us entertained. And kind of like, such a cheap way to keep a child entertained. You're I just know. Like sit on this couch and watch this yeah, movie. But, and then but, you're just like, oh my God, this is so good. But she didn't choose the movie for us. Like she had this wall of films kind of like you did. And she would tell us to go up and, it, well, they were VHSs actually. But, um. Remember VHS? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because I use them a lot. <laughs> but I, you, my family used to only have VHS. And, like, I remember, like... And then we had a combo DVD player VHS. I didn't even have a DVD player growing up. My grandma did, and we just never had DVDs. So, like, everything was VHS. And I remember, like, you know how long it took me to buy a Blu-ray? Because I just didn't care. I know. And then, but basically, so she would, like... there's Because I have five siblings, and so we... I have four siblings, I'm the fifth. But um, we would... um, Go, we, but she basically with every day. She's like, okay, you're choosing for today. You're choosing the the film for the morning. You're choosing for the film for the evening, and so we would always choose the films and what to watch. And so uh, there's part of that, like almost every time she watched us, we would do that. Um, and then in addition to that, whenever we did go, um, not when did we go, but like for like my birthday or any major like holidays, like Christmas or like my birthdays, we would always go see a film together. It was like a family year for my birthday. We would go see a film, and they would pay for all my friends to go with me to see a film. It's such a good tradition, though. Yeah, I know that. Um, personally, growing up, I never went to a theater very much. My my parents were just like, "We don't like movie theaters," and I was just like, "But they're fun." So it was always like a kind of like a swell of excitement going to a theater. Like, uh, I managed to trick my dad a few times. <laughs> like, uh, we had a family thing happen, and he was just like, "I need to go do something," and I was like, "Civil War came out." We can go watch Spider-Man. He was just like, fine, whatever. And I was like, yeah, Spider-Man. Because <laughs> I just couldn't talk people into letting me go to a theater by myself. Right. And also, I just never... Movies would come and go. I'd be like, oh my God, it looks so good. And then I'd just never okay. go watch it. <laughs> also, if we think about the state of, of, of what film films used to be like, or theaters used to be like, no assigned seating. 
not comfortable chairs. I oh like God, I can't remember non assigned seating, dude. And also like do you, like when uh you know we, we go when we go opening night, we go like seven PM. Like nowadays six thirty you know it, you, it you can like go online and be like, I wanna sit there and Yeah, then... but I'm saying like when we go opening night, like you know we go Thursday nights a lot of films. Yeah. And um we but they're at seven PM, like right, that's opening night yeah. at seven PM. Yeah, like not back in the day it was midnight. You actually had to like stand in line from like seven PM to midnight to get a good seat. I thought like I did I did that about, like twice. That's that would suck. I couldn't do that. It was for like an Avenger. It was for not Age of Ultron because I watched it somewhere else. But it was for um, uh, it was a Marvel film. One of the Marvel films I did that for. Probably Dark World. Probably just horrible. <laughs> I think I might have actually did it for Avatar too. No, 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 Avatar. I'm sorry, The Last Airbender. I wish I could have talked my family into that. I know that um, I remember going to Spy Kids 3D. And being a kid with those like flimsy red blue glasses, <laughs> me too. And just like as a, as a, like oh, God, I had to have been like six or something like that, an annoying kid. Even then, though, I sat in my seat. I was a good kid. You know why? Because I loved movies. Mm-hmm. I was just amazed by the screen. But I would sit there with like things and stick them on and off, on and off, and looking at the screen, and be like, "Oh, that's so cool." I still oh, do that. So cool. <laughs> I do it sometimes, but not not as much. I think it's because I have glasses now. Oh yeah. So I'm just like I'm more irritated by the fact I have to wear glasses over my glasses to be sitting there going, "Ooh, ooh, ooh." That's just like <sighs> 3D is such a complicated thing when you have glasses. Is it? It sometimes they don't fit right, or you have to like double do on your ears. It's uncomfortable. Double do. <laughs> it's. I miss not having to have glasses and being able to go to 3D movies and just being like, "This is too cool." And now it's just like I had to fit them perfectly on top of my glasses. If there's a smudge on my glasses, then it messes up the thing. Oof. It's it's a whole process. I still love it. I've enjoyed all the. We've gone to a lot of 3D movies last year. Put some boots. Put some boots. Avatar. Oh, Avatar yeah. two. <laughs> Avatar two. Avatar two. Uh, no, film film has just always been something in my life where I can look at it and just be like, it's 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 just it's a comforting. I love it most specifically because and the reason I love film is because it connects us all together. Um, it's something that like I can talk to about some like if somebody's seen a film, I can talk to them about that. Like we have something in common that I can talk to them. Like I can probably bring up Star Wars, or Lord of the Rings to nearly everybody. I remember when we first started talking. And I watch a lot of older films. You know, I, I love 20s, 60s, 50s, you know, old films. And I remember you were just like, why? And I was just like, why not? And you're like, you can't talk to people about it. And I was, I was like, but that's not why I watch it. I watch it for me, not the social stuff. It took, me, you long, like, it took me a long time to understand. <laughs> and you you like the social aspect. Meanwhile, I can I go to work and I'm just like, I watch this crazy film. And they're just like, what did you watch? And I'm like, because they've gotten to the point where my coworkers are curious to see what I've listened what I watched because I watched some weird stuff and like half the stuff they, yeah, they're yes. just like why would you watch that and I'm like because <laughs> it's fun <laughs> like Salo I was that's follow Salo yeah. dude people when I tell people what Salo's about they're just like why would you do that and it's like partially criterion completionism but also I could have quit that that was the 11th spine in the or 17th spine in the collection I could have just not done that like I had a choice I, I knew that was coming up that was soon and I still sat there and was like yeah, you, you definitely said that. <laughs> I watch some, I watch some crazy stuff, and people enjoy listening to what I watch. But also, no, you it's know, just it, I find it amazing to watch films from the old times to see like what life was like. It's like a time capsule. You see into the past, and you can't change that. That's how it was. Yeah. Or other cultures, other languages. You see other worlds that you just wouldn't be able to experience where you're at now. 
yeah. And even though I primarily look at films for entertainment value rather than their artistic value, um, I have started appreciating the artistic a little bit more speaking, over time. Speaking of artistic, this is a segue kind of thing. What what would you say out of every movie you've seen was the weirdest film you ever watched? I'll have you beat, but I just House. want to know. House? Yeah, really? which is a... The Netflix movie? No. Um, it's Japanese horror. Oh, oh Hausu. Oh, I... Hausu, yeah. That is a strange movie. It has a yeah, lot of weird, weird colors. Though. I watched, and this is strictly for the Criterion Collection, and it makes me watch a lot of weird stuff. I watched an entire box set of like 61 movies where it's just colors. No music, no sound, just colors. Why? <laughs> I knew, I know that's the question. And I remember when I was watching, people would be looking at my phone while I'm sitting there and they're like, what the fuck is that? And I'm just like, colors. And they're like, what is it supposed to be? And I was like, I have no idea, but it's there. And they're like, are you actually Damn. watching it? And I was just like, it swirls and kind of like flashes and stuff. And I'm like, I don't understand why this is made. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's one of the weirdest experimental things I've ever watched. And they're like, you watched how many? I was like, there's an hour and a half long one. And it's just colors and swirls and glass and it. Jeez Louise. Film is a strange thing to think it, about. It is, it is a strange thing. You can do anything. A, you can just put a camera in front of you and talk about uh, why you love movies for an hour and a half. Pull an Andy Warhol and put it in front of the Empire State Building for 24 hours and call it a film. Is that what he did? He did it. Yeah, it's a 24-hour movie of just the day in front of the Empire State Building. It doesn't move. a time lapse into five minutes. It's a static shot of just the Empire State Building. You could have just time lapse that, you know, instead of just leaving it at twenty four hours. That's that's pretentious. It, it's, <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> Andy Warhol's a man in his own. He makes some weird stuff like a uh, Blood for Dracula, Flesh for Frankenstein, which are creepy versions of whole, of the Universal monsters. Well, you know what we should do since we're talking about why we love movies, we should talk about um, what are some of our favorite films and why we love them. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna. No, we don't have to do every single film. I know. I'm gonna two. do. I'm gonna do two of them. Two, two of my favorite films, because that's just an easier number for me to think about. Yeah. And I, I basically just being like, okay, I rewatch these the most. They are my comfort films, no matter how strange one of them is gonna be as a comfort film. Okay, so you want me to do mine first? Yeah. Okay, so I'll talk about this one first because it's the most least concerning <laughs> of okay. the two. Um, Twelve Angry Men. Dude, okay, I have this is like one of those films when I first watched it, right? You you showed it to me, and it, like you know how you talked about uh, Banshees at some point. We talked about Banshees in this year, and I don't know if it was in this that was episode uh, or... that was last week. Yeah, last week. Um, and you said like it, like you you thought it was good at first, or you know it was you know it was okay. But it grows on you. It grows on you. Twelve Angry Men was that for me. I love this film. It is one of those things. So like when I remember, it's not even because it came up from a Criterion Collection. I watched it specifically because I heard so many good things about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And I watched it. And I was like, I love this. Why is it so good? I don't. It's so good. And then I watched it again. I've seen this movie four times now. I own and it. I bought it on I, social media. I got depressed one day. I was just in a bad mood, was not having a good day. And Jada was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to watch 12 Angry Men. <laughs> and so I put it on. It got me in a lot better mood. I had a lot of fun watching it. And it's just something where I know I can put it on, enjoy it, and love it. Yeah. Amazing cast, amazing story. It's short, it's fantastic. Every character is quirky and. It is a masterpiece film by Sidney Lumet. Sidney Lumet. I think it's Sidney Lumet. I'm totally just blanking on that. I'm going to say it because that's what came to my mind, and that's what I assume is correct, and you I'm not going to look it up. And then my concerning choice 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's not that concerning. I it's know, pretty I know concerning. You, yeah. you know me, but for people that don't know me, they're like, oh, yeah, a nice political a movie about a courthouse. You know, people do the right and wrong. And murder. And slasher flick. And I'm just like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie that... So I've always loved slashers. Slashers were my intro to horror. I liked watching the Halloween films and all that. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre was always that thing where I couldn't find a copy. I had no way to watch it. You got to think, this is before like streaming services were everywhere, and you couldn't just go on Amazon and rent things oh, when yeah. I first started watching these. It's crazy to think. That was only like six years ago. But uh, That is crazy. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when I found it, I was so ecstatic to watch it. And I watched it, and I was blown away by what I watched. I was like, Leatherface is fantastic. The movie is fantastic. I read all behind-the-scenes stuff. I delved into this, and I love it. I think the sequels are all trash. I, they're my kind of trash, and I love them for their trash, <laughs> especially the the reboot that came out last was that last year, in yeah. February. Everyone hated that movie. I think it's fantastic. I like it's that the, one. How do they people? I didn't like people it. People hate it. I love it. It's the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre since like the first one. Oh, um, sorry, I'm thinking about Scream. Never mind. Oh, Scream. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Texas Massacre reboot is amazing. I forgot. I, they had they I, had Scream and Texas Chainsaw. Yo, Massacre. last year was a reboot year. Yo, we I had Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scream. We had. I forgot. I still haven't seen that new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's so good. And I know it's good to me. I know it's terrible. I know it's a crappy film. I, I give it four and a half. I'm not even shy. I love it. Is it's there... my it's my trash. It's my, my trash. trash. I mean, you got Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such a mess of a series, but the first one will be something that every time I watch it, I'll just be like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. I love the crappiness. I love the cheesiness. I love the slasher elements. I love the behind the scenes stuff. I love Leatherface. He's so funny. It's concerning. <laughs> I told you it's concerning. My love for this film is concerning. I have him tattooed. I got Leatherface tattooed on my arm because it is just. I if love that's him. concerning, then they probably should shouldn't see my tattoos because. Uh... <laughs> cool, you have your passion. I mean, you I have a lot passion. of I have a lot of other film tattoos that are just kind of weird and like off-putting for like people. Yeah. But we could discuss that in a whole other episode. Just have a whole episode where we talk about our film tattoos. That would be fun. We should. Um, be like, I got this because of this movie, and this is what the movie means to me. Look at us coming up with ideas live, live and on not but on yeah, air. No. So, just... Twelve Angry Men, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two of my favorite films. I know there's others. I like there's so many I could be like Nosferatu or some weird obscure shit. But uh, Twelve Angry Men, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, those are films that I put on for comfort. I like that. Uh, I could I could definitely put on Twelve Angry Men for comfort too because that one's fun. Now Mitchell. I'm very curious. I mean, what are what is your two favorite films off the top of your head? I've screamed Spider Man like twenty times. Like I <laughs> love Spider Man. Oh, so so good. I mean, yeah. just the atmosphere, the the beginning intro of the film. From I mean, I'm not I'm not talking about the like the intro. I'm talking about the like the the scenes where they have the webs coming through and they're doing the the titles. I love that. It's um, so iconic. I know. And I then, think didn't they do that in the other two movies too, where they had like the opening titles that was just like the same style. Yeah. Where it was, like, it's so iconic. It and is just beautiful, and then the music is so great. I mean, even our 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 music is influenced off of that. You know, our, our podcast. Cool. Spider Man is amazing soundtrack. Actually, every Spider Man movie has a great like soundtrack. They do. Um, and then honestly, it's just like I don't even know what it was like. I I just like vividly remember as a kid seeing like those those uh the scene where he starts climbing the wall and the tentacles the, come the up, hair come up yeah. to his fingers, and, and I just, just like... imagine being like my mind was blown. I'm like, oh my god, that's how it works. And I like the, the hooks on the fingers. Yeah, I remember like going up to the thing and I'm like, do I have hooks on my fingers? <laughs> uh, He's like, maybe I'm Spider Man. Exactly. Okay, this is totally off section. Did you ever try that as a kid? 
trying to climb yeah obviously yeah all the time yeah all the time especially i'd rewatch spider-man and i'd just be like going up to walls be like why can't i do this yeah i to this day <laughs> i actually got a web shooter tattooed on my on my wrist i, I to this day i still pretend to do web shooters just go like up up and away i can do it i can do it shazam <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's what shazam was before shazam <laughs> um I mean, I could just talk. I just, I just love every scene in this film. I love how it's not like some big superhero film. It's about a dude and and discovering that he has these powers and dealing with his family and friends and starting to be a normal person, while also being a superhero and saving people. And the end decision comes down to saving his girlfriend and saving a bus full of kids. And it's what just, a what a choice! Though. I know, like the love of your life. Or children. Let the kids die. Exactly. I'm just like, yo. And then the dialogue and is crisp. You know, what's, you know what's terrible to me is I'm just like, that's not even a choice. That's not that's not a choice. Like, I know it's a choice for him, but in my mind, I'm like, obviously the kids. Like, I know it's a hard one for him, but like, if you're a superhero. Oh, it's the kids. Well, I know. It's the kids. It's, it's the kids. But, but it's like, he's able to do both. Yeah, exactly. that's the point. Exactly. Like, he has to go for the kids, but. It's, it's a terrible dilemma, but it's just, even as a kid, I like, obviously you're a child. You don't know what love is. You don't know what that kind of junk is, but you're just like, obviously the kids, like you let her fall. And then, right. and then you manage to say both. You're like, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so much I could just, I could talk. I mean, I could make. Oh, New York. You, you mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. I, I was thinking about that. Ah. I was about to say, like, I could make a whole high top video about like, say, love for, <laughs> for the Spider-Man films. But um, so yeah, Spider-Man number one, um, just pure bliss um i even love spider-man 3 with passion like i don't think there's anything wrong with that film um Great besides person. venom besides venom, venom venom destroys the movie for me also like i think harry actually it's not I even think, it's not i even... think harry osborne's character is destroyed in that movie too i feel like there's too many plot lines i i know i agree with you but i also like what they do with harry because i, I specifically love the scene when peter's fighting him without you know without the, the he's wearing like his tux oh, so good that is a beautiful scene Okay, um, so that's Spider-Man, um, and then my second one that I kind of came up, well, it's, that's not off the top of my head, it's Kick-Ass. I knew it. Yeah, I, I know, I was it's like, a superhero film, I, I also have that tattooed. I know, you have it on your leg, and I was like, there's no way it's not Kick-Ass. <laughs> I remember um, well, telling you I hadn't seen it, and you were just like, what? I well, absolutely like, no, <laughs> you have to see You it. made me watch it, and I had such a fun time. Oh, yeah, it's, so, I'm, I'm, okay, for me specifically, like, the idea of this kid who's like, nothing goes wrong. Like I mean, his his mom does die, but from natural causes, right? Like she just he just kind of not like she got murdered in a yeah. mugging. And so like he's just like this natural this this dude. It's it's the widest thing ever. Like this dude that decides he wants to be a superhero because he's bored, right? Like, like I under, I completely the widest understand dude ever. Dude, it is like no no no. no. I love it though because yeah. it's just like you like you know every comic book fan at one point was just like I could do this. But that's the thing. Exactly. <laughs> every, every every comic book people at a certain point like what if I like you even like that's kind of part of the. Part of getting into cosplays, you know, you start feeling like you know you're you're badass and you're a superhero, right? Walk but like up, walk up for, to random people and beat the shit out of them in the alleys. Exactly, but for a dude <laughs> to be like, no, I'm actually gonna do it, and to be that insane and go through with it, and not only does he keep getting his ass at first because I, I didn't like that he got his ass kicked, like kicked so much that like he he got beat up a lot, but what I started realizing is that like no, like that's what makes him amazing. He, what's the Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse? got to get back up. Yeah, I mean, it's not, even, it's, it's not even about getting back up. It's just that, like, it makes it amazing. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it is about getting back up. Because, like, no matter how much he gets beat, beat up, he's just like, yeah, I'm still going to not be here. Like, I'm, I'm still be- kick-ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, And then the fact that, you know, you have two other, like, mentor characters that come in, like, that, and and, and um try to be, or even his mentors. Ah, I love it. 
His relationship with Hit Girl is really cool too. Yeah. But I, I want to say, like, at first I was like worried they were going to be like very romance kind of thing. Not at but all. But I like the brother and sister dynamic. It just feels natural. Yeah. It, like, she's a bigger sister, but she's younger. Yeah. It's, it's so, yeah. it's, it's so good. Um, I will say that Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes. I am very excited to see what he does in the, uh, what he just got cast in something, didn't he? Um, he was in no. talks about the Bond. Yeah. That's the rumor where he was like, could it be, could be next James Bond? It'd be very interesting. I know that he's going to be uh, Craven the Hunter. Yeah. And I love Craven yeah. the Hunter. My cat's named Craven. So. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I'm not very excited about Craven, but ooh, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole, that's Sony thing. But uh, no, I just, oh my God, everything I see him in, I'm just like, he's so good. He gets better and better every single time. From probably went from this to Quicksilver, which was good, but I didn't like what they did with the character. Um, and Lemon. then. Yeah, Lemon. Or is he Tangerine? I can't remember. Uh, he was Tangerine. Tangerine, yeah. yeah. Lemon and Tangerine, give us a spinoff. I'm still going to bring that up every Please. single time. I don't care. Just, I need it. Yeah, every time he's in a film, I'm just like, yes, I love Aaron Tangerine. He's Tangerine. so good every single time. Amazing. He's almost unrecon- unrecognizable in every single time. He is, yeah. You like see him, you're like, that's the same guy. And then you like look at him in Kick-Ass, you're like, that's the same, same guy. Yeah, it doesn't look like it really does. Oh, it's such but... a good movie. I see why you love it. And it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Exactly. And I know that I'm jumping ahead, way ahead right now. With how much you love Kick-Ass, I did choose a movie much like Kick-Ass for us to discuss. I think it's September. <laughs> and September. September. Yes, see you in the uh, part of the after, at the end of the year. In seven, in seven months, we will be discussing a movie kind of like Kick-Ass with uh, my choice as Super, directed Super. by James Gunn. Super. I think it's directed by James yeah, Gunn. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, and I, I, I've already seen it, and I chose it specifically because you love Kick-Ass. And I was like, it's very much like Kick-Ass. So I was just, I, I chose that specifically for you. Ooh, thank you. I mean, it's seven months away, but, you know. Yeah, I guess we'll see you in seven <laughs> months for that when we reference this episode, probably. So. If, we re- if, we re- if we remember that we discussed this in That's seven why I months. Probably, but. All right, well, that'll probably wrap it up for today. It's kind, um, of, a, kind of a ranting episode, but just yeah. one where we got to discuss some films that we love and our joy for them, along with Cooley High, with as much as we could about that. Exactly. Um, and if you want to just kind of see uh, our TikToks, anything, uh, you know, uh, Twitter, anything, you know, you want to interact with us outside of here, um, go ahead and follow us on Into the Film First podcast. And, and basically, or Into the Film First, I believe, is what we're at, where we're at. I think that's everything where it's basically Into the Film First. You should be able to find us if you look at Into the Film First or Into yeah. the Film First podcast. I mean, you ever looked up our podcast? Yeah, I have. Everything comes up with Spider Verse. <laughs> Probably it's so, it's so funny to me because it'll just be like into the film verse and it's just like Spider Verse. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I, you're good, but no. It's a, our reference is there, but no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find us there. You can find me, Bryce, at Pain Reviews on Letterboxd and Pain Reviews on TikTok and YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at Sanguine Films because I can't change it because someone else took my username. Shameful. Um, and <laughs> if you want to follow me on anywhere, you can find me on Instagram. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, all of the above, uh, at Mitchell Chandler, and Mitchell is spelled with a Y, so it's M-Y-T-C-H-E-L. I love that we both have to be like P-A-Y-N-E and M-Y-T-C-H-E-L. Gotta explain how to spell my name every time. It's 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 funny to me. It's just, it's a good segue for us. We're, we're alike, but different. <laughs> alike, but different. <laughs> anyway, thank you for watching, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!